0: and people weren't used to receiving emails like that that were like pers- like from Gmail account, personally followed up, targeted, yep. personalized, all that stuff. So we, at one point, we had a 50% reply rate right across like a three email chain. And because we had this super targeted product just for... Hey, I'm Cody
1: Schneider. Welcome to the In The Pit podcast. Today, we're joined by my friend Damian Tanner. He's going to talk to us about how he started his agency called ThoughtBot, and then also how he started a company called Pusher. Uh, He's an OG in this space. He's been building products for forever. Uh, He's gonna give a ton of insight into what you should do now if you're just like starting from zero, and just honestly brain dump everything that he's learned over his whole career. This episode is brought to you by Swell AI. Swell AI is a content repurposing tool that helps marketing teams Make content for all of the channels that they're trying to do distribution through. Go to swellai.com to get started for free. All right, let's get started with today's show. Damien, what is good, man? Thank you hey. for jumping on. I know it's late there right now, but it sounds like you Don't got worry. a flat white, so life is good. I've You're had Caffeinated extra and ready. Yeah. Just for this. <laughs> You're coming in with me caffeinated in the morning, so it's like <laughs> it's big energy all around. <laughs> but, awesome. awesome, man. Um, well, thanks for joining me. I'm I'm stoked to hear kind of about everything. Um, I mean, we, we chat in the past about the, the stuff you previously worked on, but, um, I, I, it's always just, I think for everybody, incredible, like incredibly valuable to talk to other founders who are yeah. also building their next thing and have done things in the past and, uh, just learn from them and see what they're doing. But, uh, yeah, for, for the audience, you want to give just like a 40,000 foot view of, um, you know, it, it, it kind of how you got into this world and, and, and kind of background pieces uh, that I think that'd be super valuable just to create context, but
0: yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks uh, for having me on. I um I have a technical background, been coding since I was 15. I think my parents uh, <laughs> realized that was an obsession pretty early on. Did they brainwash um,
1: you or was this like a,
0: a natural, you were drawn to it type thing? I think they tried to brainwash me, they, they, I hated going to school so much, uh, then, then in the area where we lived in the UK, they were like, well, you're going to have to go to school at some point to do your exams, and the only school you haven't been to is the Scientologist School. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and I, I, it was so funny, because I went there and I was like, everyone's a Scientologist, why, 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 why don't I and uh that that it was it was it's actually a brilliant school it's a really cool school and i made a a lot of good friends there but uh it was pretty funny because apparently in the first week i printed off all this stuff from wikipedia and took it into the teachers and was like i fact checked some of this stuff online and i've got a few questions about it But um, yeah, Reminds so I didn't get go... short
1: where that he's like fact checking the rabbi. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that was it. But no, it was actually. so, um, yeah, I've always uh, uh, done a lot of uh, and that's the cool thing about programming, isn't it? You can just you don't have to go to school to do it. You just do it. Yeah, and yeah, uh, totally. no, no one's I, holding you
1: back. It's always the best people to are self-taught, right? Like my, my co-founder, Max, is it, it's just like an unbelievable engineer. And it's the classic story to like. Found, you know taught himself to program when he was twelve, built <laughs> built basically bots to like, that he sold to like buy shoes you know like when they would do like Nike shoe drops and shit and like Yeezys and then so he was like working with basically people to do that so he built all this automation and then of, you know went to college dropped yeah, I mean, out. Yeah, that's the cool in, thing so, you know, about the, the class. There's no uh, rules, yeah. mostly. hundred percent, hundred percent.
0: yeah, programming for a long time and um uh then went eventually did actually end up go, getting into a, a university in the UK and then dropped out very quickly <laughs> after right. a few months started uh, uh with my co-founder a web development agency um rails development uh shop that was great fun building a lot of stuff for 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 all sorts of big brands um built that up uh to about 30 people and then around 2000 and Nine ten, 10, we started um, building our own products and out of that came uh, one product which was called MediaCore which was a uh, video CMS for universities and we had a third co-founder in Canada who we built that with and we actually ended up within four years of founding that we sold it to Workday so that was like the first big exit um, that we had in 2015 and that was, yeah, that was, that was pretty crazy. It was like good you and bad them timing. out of the
1: studio. Like this is like what your, like your team at the studio was working on. Yeah, like essentially. Them, not almost we like did, pro- we yeah. did
0: the, we did Super. the web development agency to product thing. And I think it it's, as we found, it's like hard to do that repetitively because you, you need the actual, like the founders, right? You need founders yep. for companies, but. There were two founders plus another one, and we we got two products out of it that went on to be big products. Um, and So it it worked. I think if you have an agency with a ton more founders, you can probably do it. <laughs> do totally. do more of them. So yeah, so that was the first big success we had. That worked out uh, really well. Learned a lot about SaaS. It was a SaaS product, um, and did some great outbound emailing there. Uh, we should, we should go into 2015. The, the heyday it, yeah. of god outbound emailing was good in 2015 i just wish i sent more emails
1: yeah i i i feel like that's every marketing arbitrage though like i'm like even now i'm like fuck i just like i i need to increase volume with all this yeah I, anyway yeah. so, so and, why, uh, why was it so good in 2015 like why, why did you feel no, like that was kind
0: I, of i just guess the 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 tools that we have now like apollo and and instantly that do the automated outbound and up They just didn't really exist. And I I ended up stumbling into one of the first ones, which was called Sales Beach, and started Mm. using it. And people weren't used to receiving emails like that that were, like, like from Gmail account, personally followed up, targeted, personalized, all that stuff. So at one point, we had a 50% reply rate across, like, a three-email chain. (laughs) And because we had this super-targeted product just for universities who had all their lectures like spread all across their like internal drives and none of the students could access the videos because they were just massive video files stored somewhere. So we'd email these chief information officers. Oh, hey, we know you've got this, this problem. Like we've got this solution here. And totally. so so it, it had to be, right? It was a targeted product for a problem that we already knew that they had that was on their plate that they they hadn't worked which out. Is the solve. Best, which is the best distribution. Like. But we'd send these super personal emails where like we had maybe a bunch of customers, universities, and we'd like automatically set, select other like existing customers we have that are similar um, size universities and, and similar based on the Carnegie ranking, ranking. So we wouldn't send an email to a community college saying Yale is a customer. But mm. to like, you know, Penn State would send an email saying, oh, and by the way, we've solved this problem for for Yale. Um, and so it would be really personalized in that sense. And it would pick ones that are around them, near them as well, and a similar ranking. So we'd Super kind of put in those, those customer case studies. And then... Um, so it's like we who just they're get,
1: competing against, and also the location, geography for the exactly, social proof. Exactly, people yeah. they
0: would know, and also either like yeah, are on the same level Because if you, we found it early, if you say hey, you know, Yale is our best customer to a community college, to be like, well, we can't afford it. Why are you? Yeah. Telling yeah us? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and then we just when we started off, we just were just couldn't believe it. We get these emails back from these professors after like the second follow up, and they're like. I'm so sorry I haven't replied to your email last week, you know, I've been so stacked, and then this happened, this happened, I'm replying now, and we should chat about and we're just like, oh wow, they don't realize this is automated. <laughs> it was just beautiful.
1: And, uh, and That's then That's how I we feel do... podcast emails are right now. Like, people right. think they're like, you're like doing them a service, like we're cold emailing people about podcasts, and I'm like... The open rates are like thirty percent with like five percent CTRs. So I keep rapping on this about it because it's just like That's so ridiculous.
0: And, but, and I, I yeah, it's got to be that yeah the the alignment it's just it's, yeah, the and the target and all that yet. stuff. It's yeah. got to be that aligned because yeah. totally. I've I've been trying outbound in other areas and I've realized yeah you've you've got it like we just stumbled into this thing where we knew the persona, we knew the customer, we had the solution, and they needed it. It just worked insane, insanely well. So I've kind of, I've tasted that. So I know what's possible. Yeah. So I can, I know very quickly now all the ways it, I'm, I'm it, I, it's not working. Totally.
1: You know, that feeling too. I think that's a piece of this is like, you get like almost a pulse of like when it's going right. Like mm. once you have mm. one of those where you're like, oh, this is what this feels like, right? It's like almost the, once you find that arbitrage again, like in a, even if it's in a different place, you can still, like you feel that
0: momentum and kind of that like, well I, I don't know. yeah this, and then yeah. the flip side is nowadays I'm just trying stuff in completely different segments and being like fuck it's not working like, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it. yeah, totally <laughs> like why Wait. can't i get it working again we it's did so some funny. other cool stuff as well we included case study links and other like bits of links in the emails and then we had retargeting set up and the best yep. thing that worked was uh website visitors tracked with the YouTube retargeting pixel. And then we record, we went like on site and did all these like really well-produced um, customer case studies. Nice. Um, and we put those on as YouTube pre-rolls, but they didn't look like ads. Yep. They're just other universities talking about how much the product had helped them and how important video yep. is as part of, part of learning. And then we, we just like flood them after they'd clicked one of the links in the emails. And when we we knew that was working, when we walked into this meeting once, like a month after doing that, and the guy who was this, the the sales guy who was in the videos walks in the room and they're like, oh, you're James from the videos. (laughs) Because they've all just seen this ad when they're like, I don't know if they even watch YouTube, but they're like, they're kids watching a program on YouTube and this. This B2B case study keeps coming on. Totally. They just so that kept was pixeling their loop. entire
1: IP, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> every device got, on the network. That worked really well. That's super interesting. And just to reiterate that, just for, for people that, uh, like the audience in particular. So um, what he's talking about is basically like scraping these target emails, and then you can both pixel the people that click from the email to your site, but you can also take those emails and you can do a customer match list in YouTube as well. And so then basically you're cold emailing these people while simultaneously doing display ads. So you're basically like touch, you know, it, it, it touching them in two different ways, like in creating those touch points. So, um, that's, that's, that's awesome. So you sold that company. Um, what, what did you do after that? Or what, what was your kind of the next thing?
0: Then I, at the, at the same time, we had the other uh, product we built called pusher, which my agency co-founder, um, Max led, um, and I, I kind of led the other one, and so we had these two. We just sold the first one really quickly, kind of by accident, as is the case with these things. And Pusher went on uh, to to many successes, and and um, yeah, grew to millions and millions of revenue, and um, used by probably millions of developers. It's a, a real time messaging API, so you'd use it to. We had all sorts from like news websites doing live news to most of the crypto exchanges would use it for their web UIs to update oh, the prices everything. in real time. It was like a in real time, it was like the API you use to update an application or web app in real time to stream data. Um, and we ended up doing lots of VC for that, including some great VCs like um, Balderton in the UK. And eventually we sold it in 2022 to MessageBird.
1: So, um,
0: that was a, that was a wonderful experience in building a, um, uh, dev tool and dev brand. And definitely now I'm building a dream, right? Like, (laughs) well, it's also like, I'm just noticing again, like reflecting back on it, it was slow at the start. And that's definitely the thing about like devs don't just like, they do jump on some stuff, but a lot of stuff is like, Oh, that's a useful tool. I'll use it when I need to do that. And when I need to do that, it could be in six months' time or your time. But customers tend to stick around though because they'll integrate it into the product and keep it there. And then in in the intervening time while Max is leading that, I went back to our original agency and led that for a bit. Eventually we merged that into ThoughtBot, uh, which is a great US-based agency with over 100 people um, that Max and I are still uh, co-owners with. And, and that's still growing. And then I did all sorts of random shit. In between. I love it. I, I kind of... It. I did stop building for a bit. I think I just was like, I've done software for 10 years. Let's do something else for a bit.
1: Yeah. What'd it you turns do? Turns
0: out other stuff is hard. <laughs> I built electric motorcycles. <laughs> um, that's fucking There's not nature, a lot of money though. in that. <laughs> Still interesting. <laughs> but it was fun. I mean, it was fun. Stuff blew up and there was smoke. That was that was quite fun. We 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 had to get tons of batteries, and batteries are expensive. So we ended up having to go to like uh, a scrapyard to find a crashed electric vehicle. And then like we had to basically bribe a garage to take the batteries out of the car because no everyone we took it to was like. You you can't we won't take the batteries out of this car. Like they're they're yeah, like touch it. We're an approved dealer of this brand. We won't take it out. And eventually we're like, come on, guys. Just take the batteries how, out. How much did you bribe them? What did you end up to pay? I, I I i don't actually know. My my uh co founder didn't tell me, but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask any questions. I love it. <laughs> Hopefully love it. it was money. Um Yeah, can, so that was can you good talk fun. To me?
1: Can you talk to me about the agency side of stuff? Like how, yeah. how do you think about structuring those and building those? And like, now that you own it, like, do you have an operator that's a business partner? Like, what does, what does that look like? And then if you were, you know, <laughs> this is the, you're starting zero to one right now and you're trying to get like your first, basically 10 K in monthly revenue so that you can, you know, pay your mortgage or whatever. Like, how would you start an agency or think about going about that? Uh, like,
0: you know, now in 2023, god I don't know about now in 2023 but when we started our agency in 2008 I remember we had a gosh no even earlier, 2007 I remember Max and I had this conversation which was like should we do all tech that you know whatever people back end tech and I, we were really into Rails and I remember us going you know what let's just do Rails like Rails is beautiful clean like enjoy to work with we don't want to do php and that was like saying no to stuff but in hindsight that was then a focus and we became known as the people you go to when you want something built in rails. and we kind of aligned ourselves and was part of that community and and the reason we were able to successfully merge uh the, the our agency was new bamboo it was in the u k you know London thirty people merged with thoughtbot and become the the u k office for thoughtbot, which is over a hundred people they They had exactly the same kind of focus and and vision as well um so I guess nowadays as well that still applies it's It's having that focus to be good at one thing or one area. Yeah. And that's and if I was the way the market in a way. Yeah, I'm just thinking it, about
1: it. it's like, oh, we like we, we just got our foothold with like, you know, being known as like that. We're Ru- the Ruby on Rails, you know,
0: <laughs> the, the, like the, yeah, and also, the place to go Uber, with Ruby on Rails was new. So there yeah. wasn't a 10 year experience new, yep. yeah, there was yep. a, several years. It was, it was mature enough, but I guess the same thing applies now. Like, for example, I've been building some stuff in Framer. I was. I mean, frame is big now, but, yep. you know, align yourself with an emerging community yep. or, or, or platform like that where there are no experts yet and you can become the yep. expert. And because then you're, you're going to scale with the customer base as well, right? If the community is, if the, the platform is early, there's not a lot of work, but hey, you're, a one, you're just one person, so you don't need that that much and then, then in 10 years you can grow over time as that community grows and you've got that that foothold as you said um in the market yeah i think that's then the you way can you do expand it. from there I,
1: I i totally agree i think honestly it's a, i think it's a good reminder for like any early stage company I, i'm just over here <laughs> contemplating all of my actions over the last three months of <laughs> like have they been wedged enough to like get <laughs> get that foothold because you can't expand into anything but it's I think just from a a marketing standpoint too, it's like, it's way harder to communicate. You know, uh, we do these 10 different things, right? From the, in in the early stages Mm. where in the beginning, it's a lot easier to say like, hey, we do this one thing. And then as people ask for these other services, then you can start saying yes to those and kind of build out that portfolio of services like as that time goes on. But just going to the market with that single thing that you're communicating, it just, it makes it easier for you to build Like, you know, to lay a flag in people's mind of like, oh, that company does this. Right. And so you can own that mental real
0: estate a lot easier. I think we got away with doing basically, no marketing as well for our agency because of that. Interesting. Um, We we just became we were so early on, we just became known as Rails in London. There's you guys and a few other guys, you know, one of the ex-employees ended up setting up one of the other main Rails shops. Um, And most business just would come by word of mouth. And it it was scary because we didn't have a marketing function and we didn't even have a sales function and then when you get to like 10 15 20 people and you've got all these salaries you're kind of like and then and then business slows down and you're like what are we going to do and eventually after 10 years you're like just wait it'll come back and you just (laughs) have to trust that it that it does and it always does and you know Thoughtbot, i mean now has a lot of marketing and sales but i i'd say the foundation of those those brands is just built from being early and doing great work and and people know who who to ask when they when they need that so that's the advantage do you think of geography is a
1: factor in that
0: like do you think that that's necessary I mean, it's gotta to be... not be no yeah. not
1: anymore yeah, yeah. it's got to just that's not... changed yeah what yeah. was like being in london uh, i mean was that it, like from a career standpoint, was that important when you you know you initially started all this? Like, did that add to kind of the the trajectory of all of it? Or and then I think so. Like, I think yeah.
0: I think it can. I think it definitely, like any of these cities, it it adds to your. It, it just has like immersing yourself in the, the 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 like liquid of the energy of that place yeah. Yeah. of a city. I think definitely helps. And and now I live outside London in the countryside, but I've also like got different goals now um, no, and, for and sure. so that that's it
1: i feel like it's different now too just with the internet it feels different and i mean i mean we've you know met on twitter like <laughs> a couple months ago right. and, the, and yeah, yeah, met, the internet, you know, yeah. and, and like have become I, I don't know just like had conversations from that like it like it's almost like a, a dispersed like it's moved more to digital like after mm-hmm. covid i feel like um mm-hmm. where previously it's like you had to be in one of the hotbeds but now more and more it's like it's you know it's way easier to find other founders and i feel like covid made it more okay too to do like cold outreach <laughs> to other yeah, founders right. and be like yo what are you doing and like teach me this thing or you know etc but
0: yeah and i feel I've, I've, i have a lot of appreciation for for the niche areas of twitter because i feel like um i'm able to be a part of people doing other weird niche stuff, right? Whereas if it's just in London, you know, it's definitely part of more of the the venture funded startup scene. There's definitely, you know, in big, still in, you know, easy to connect with communities there. But if you're looking for people bootstrapping stuff or just doing weird stuff, the internet's always the place where that connection happens.
1: (laughs) I feel like there's way more documentation of it now too. Like, I mean, I just remember mm. historically, I would be on like black hat world, you know, trying to figure out like, what's the crazy case studies that like people have done oh, over man. the last black couple of Black hat months.
0: forums still have a lot of good stuff on <laughs> I, I,
1: Dude, I still am there probably like every other week, just like reading about, you know, top, reading the top posts and seeing what people say. But I, I mean, more and more, it's like you see that in a, like more public settings, right? Where it's like people are yeah. posting on a Twitter or a Reddit or like these, these kind of larger social media channels, which is interesting, but.
0: Yeah, and maybe that—that's like the nice thing about the uh, one of the nice things about the algorithm has been favoring these kind of how-to longer-form things. Everyone's incentivized in a good way to share the how-to of how they're doing stuff. Totally, so I, get, I definitely get a lot of value out totally. of that as well.
1: Totally. So what? So what are you working on now? You said your, your goals kind of changed. I know you were talking about like doing like large data transfers. So that's like was it, that's something that you're interested in. <laughs> well, kind of I've just but...
0: been excited about, okay, so after I built all sorts of random stuff and and made money and lost money, <laughs> I eventually kind of, 2019 was like, actually, I do love software, I do love programming, let's build again. So I just was got back into build mode and have been building ever since. And I guess the fun thing about programming and, like, starting stuff is learning so definitely still learning a lot i definitely have that feeling as i get older i learn how little i know more and more but it's good learning that circle of yeah getting a grip on that circle of confidence now um so uh more recently in the last few years really started to hone down on building uh developer tools and absolutely love being able to build, see what new products are possible with new platforms tech. So one of the things I've been super interested in and following a lot is the products Cloudflare have been releasing because okay. Cloudflare are massively slashing the costs of things like you know data transfer with the S3 competitor R2, which basically has no transfer costs. The Worker's Serverless platform, which is super, super good value. And then actually they've just released this great new AI um, platform, which can run a lot of these smaller AI models. So I've been looking at all sorts of ideas for things that are now possible, both new ideas, but also just like different business models, cheaper alternatives now that you've got Cloudflare to be able to use. Yeah. So yeah. Um
1: is this a strategy that you kind of use like throughout your whole career of like look for techno like technology changes? By accident,
0: because then- that's what happened with Pusher. Yeah. Yeah. Pusher, yeah, yeah. we so created like because yeah. uh Web sockets got released in Chrome. And it was like mm-hmm. now you can do real-time stuff in the browser. And I remember we had a meeting, we were like, hey, what can we build with that? And we just like knocked up this idea for Pusher and then realized you know, there's a whole business here in making it scalable, supporting all the browsers that didn't support it yet, but it was enabled by a new tech. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that's probably a good. It's probably because I enjoy playing with new things, and then it's nice yeah, to yeah. be able to like turn that then into a, a, a profitable SaaS. But very much also taking a different tack now, like bootstrapping feels so different after having done VC. It's like yeah. it, it. It's What's the difference? you know, whenever we whenever we had VC money, I'd say we were pretty good. You know, none of our companies went bankrupt. I think we were pretty wise with the capital. But you I'd say VC it buys you the ability to make a lot of expensive mistakes, right? Yeah. <laughs> and when you make a ton, just raise more VC and make some more. And eventually, given enough money and time, you'll find the business model and everything. And we did. But I look back and think, "Wow, okay, that, that we spent a lot of money on stuff which clearly wasn't working in like marketing and and things like that." Man, when you're when it's your own money, yeah, you really fear if it hits differently. Those, no, 100%, those costs, hundred um, percent.
1: It's more but, like a fright, like that fight or flight, or sorry, fight or flight <laughs> takes over. I, I feel like mm. I don't know. I just personally like it's a. I like it honestly cuz I feel like you, you make better decisions cuz it's like it, again it, hits, it hits your own payout like in a different an entirely different way. So Yeah.
0: And 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 I, everybody and always I... talks
1: like oh I think about the investors money like in the same way I think about my money but like that's not you do ever not. how it actually is. Every every f- funded <laughs> company I've ever worked with like it's never actually that. Like it's, like in- yeah,
0: when it's your bank account, even if you've got some money to put it there, it's like, oh, wow, that, there's no, there's no more. That is, that is it. Every, uh, so that makes you, and I think it's healthy. You have to think long term. You have to think like, you have to really watch, hey, is that channel really working? Should I put more into that or not? Um, definitely, definitely hits different. But um, I I like I li- I'm I'm liking that now, and I'm I'm enjoying the kind of discipline and also the long term thinking it kind of puts in place because there there is this tendency to to rush when you have VC, uh, and yeah, yeah. you, you know you see it in in the, the runways like no matter how much money you raise, uh, it'll be gone in twelve to eighteen months. Yeah, it's just like. It's just the law of VC.
1: Right. Like, it's like you're supposed at, to sprint a marathon. Like, the, you know, it's five years of you just like running as fast as you can. basically. Right,
0: right. Yeah. And then actually some things you can't speed up with money. And I think that the, the thing you can't speed up with money is actually the customer development and, and product market fit. Because sometimes that just reta- takes a certain number of iterations right it's like you building stuff the customer's trying it getting the feedback trying a different thing building a new feature pivoting like it just takes time and actually even if you throw a bunch more money into it it doesn't necessarily like the customers aren't going to get back to you faster the, faster, yeah. the number of iterations but, you have like it still probably need a bunch of iterations. Yeah, Uh, the only thing you
1: can really get is like in my experience with throwing more cash at it is like more customer or sorry, more users that are hopefully providing more feedback. So it's like increase the end value of users. So maybe that creates a like a faster feedback loop. But like, Mm -hmm. I've never figured out a way to like, how do I get people to like what you said. Like, like throwing money at people responding faster doesn't work, right?
0: (laughs) Well, and (laughs) also it's like your, you and your team's learning curve as well, I think, like, especially if you're putting a product into a market that's new to you, or is a totally, you're taking a different approach in an existing market that someone hasn't tried before. It's like you've got to kind of learn the feel for that market and how that market works and and how the product can fit with it. It just takes time. There's actually a good like data-driven Harvard Business Review kind of paper, which is the sales learning curve, which applies it to sales team, which is when, you know, a small early sales team is not performing, the natural inclination is hire more salespeople. But if the sales team's not performing because they haven't got the sales material right, or the product market fit is not right, Adding more people just compounds the problem. The, the, yeah, exactly. And actually, you just need time. You need to buy yourself time to to get the product market fit right and get the existing salesperson process working with one person, and and then you scale.
1: Yeah. Um. When you're so, when you were funded, like, did, how did you communicate that with investors? Like, did you like, I mean, like, yo, we just need time. We're gonna figure this out. Like, but we just need time. Like, did you have those conversations or were, no? Did, they just like fuck it like (laughs) yeah (laughs) it it, it wasn't even necessary
0: (laughs) i feel like with vc i mean it's the case with any business it's like you want you should you you feel like you should have more sales and be further along than you are right now yeah with vc it's like it's still the same problem it's just like scaled up right (laughs) yeah totally totally um so it's 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 um in it it's yeah it's different doing that but I'm absolutely loving it and the, the, with Rebase Ventures now uh, my holding company what we're doing is building you know we'll we'll build two or three products a year but I think on average we'll hit a good like we'll get one product right per year nice and and that's the goal is to build one um, SaaS B two B SaaS or developer tool per year um and not rush it we're slightly constrained like we're not going to build a like massive platform that's going to need yep. tons of features they've got to yep. be slightly constrained ideas yeah. that like a few specific people can product build. scope that's yeah, like not a yeah. great product out of that yeah <clears throat> um and then and then the goal is to then layer those up you know as we go on and, and yeah. build a portfolio of products And and are you trying to have them be
1: like self-service and then just like layer on? They've kind
0: of got to be, yeah. And there's there's some enterprise, but I'd say it's it's on-demand enterprise. but You know, with the dev tools, people come wanting to buy it, and we'll we'll they'll we'll kicking and screaming go through the enterprise sales process. But we're not out there pushing them yet. I'm sure as we scale up and they mature, we'll we'll look at getting sales team. But unlike with VC, we're not we're not getting ahead of ourselves. No, but we'll reinvest. Pretty much everything, yeah. And no, that, that makes total sense.
1: Um, so, uh, are, are, so you're building uh, these n- new things. Are you building them a lot on this technology you're seeing with Cloudflare and that type of deal, or is it like yeah? Like so what, we've, what, we've got, what got what a, um,
0: Exactly. We've got. Are you a, talking about uh, them
1: publicly too? Sorry, I don't want to like pry too much because I I don't know what you're you know you're saying. We've
0: we've got um two. We've got public one, which is UCSV, which is a developer tools for adding CSV import, like a drop-in, fully fledged CSV import process mm-hmm. into your apps. That's the first product we built. It's going pretty well. Uh, yeah, definitely self-serve um, and really happy with that product. Super solid. We've got enterprise customers, you know, importing millions of rows in legal processing, healthcare, places like that. Really happy with that product. Um, people integrate it. There's no need to ever take it out when it's working and it and it's good. Um, but again, slow. You don't, Integrate CSV import unless you definitely need it. You don't do yeah, it exactly. because it could be interesting or fun, right? Yeah. And um, then you
1: try twenty different CSV imports and pick the one you like the most.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, and then we've also released. Uh, we we I want to niche it down into specific industry, but we've got uh, one of six uh, of the the I've counted six competitors. There's probably like actually thirty uh chat GPT chatbot trained on your website content. Yep. yep, yep. Um, but I think now everyone's like gotta find these niches right and actually apply it. So I'd love to find an industry to to niche that down into. Totally. Um and as is the case with the dev tools, I built the CSV import thing because CSV import pissed me off in another product we built. And actually when we were building the the chat GPT stuff, scraping websites it has always been a pain in the ass, but it, it, I felt that firsthand. Yeah. And so actually the second dev product that we're, we're halfway through building is, is a web scraper. Oh, uh, super um, cool. And I think with the help of Cloudflare, we can make it way faster, way cheaper. Oh, super interesting. And and I think super easy as well. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to be able to do it. Some really cool stuff with chat GPT. I've seen like one or two that do this, but... I think we can combine the power of like a fully kind of um you know uh, API driven and technical like fully featured scraper but also with the ability to just create your scraping and automation just with a a prompt um oh, super and I interesting. think that's going to be super useful in yeah marketing sales 100%. but also one of the other main I, use cases now <laughs> is uh chat GPT, like, and, and, um, AI agents and things like that. Yeah. A lot of the time you want to get results from the web and turn them into markdown or some other kind of data and have that done really quickly. Totally. Um, so I think, are you I think guys we'll experimenting be
1: to... with agents like pretty deeply? Um, I have been more and more looking at these, uh, what, what was it called? Like chat dev. I just saw this demo. Like, I haven't played with that uh, dude. It's crazy. they basically there there's a paper that was released. I think it was two weeks ago. Um, but it was basically talking about how, like, agents perform best at completing tasks when there's, like, multiple agents with specific designated roles and they work together. So they have, like, a directory yeah. of agents and then they kind of work as a team, right? It's And yeah. so they basically showed that, like, they, the performance output would, like, increase. It was, you know, just – it was way better. Um, but So chat dev, I, I, I believe is what it's called. Um, I'll, I'll look it up and add it in the show notes, the actual – but. Basically um, how it functions is like you you can create like a team of agents like for example like I can have a social media marketing org and it's like here's this marketing director that makes proposals and then like there's an actual like specialist that goes and does this and then they like wow. the analysts analyze the content to see how it's doing and then they're like you know actually publishing it to your to your social media profiles like all you're providing them is like the raw materials that are just you know imagine it's like we take this podcast and we give it to them In like a video format. And then they can just like, you know, pull out the segments and their job is like, get the most views on videos. Right. And you can like designate that, that basically that goal. And then it like, they have this work just like runs. Right. And so initially the, the first things that they're, people are starting to build are like, like little software programs. Like for example, they made like snake and tic-tac-toe and like, you know, these other little, like almost like games. Right. But it was like this entirely autonomous, like, dev shop (laughs) that basically like built out this whole thing and you can see them like go through the iteration process where like QA is sending back to like the actual like engineers like hey here's here's problems you need to fix this and it like goes through four iterations to like fix the actual actual thing. That's so wild. It's crazy, right? And like I so my I don't know the marketer in me is like imagining okay well what if I have like a social media agency (laughs) group and and I think with all this it's like it's all still crazy hype. But like the fact that we're even at the like toddler version of this, like the kind of early beginnings is to me, super interesting. Cause I, especially for startups, right? Like you're, you're talking about bootstrapping is like, Oh, imagine I can like hire an SEO firm <laughs> and like I can hire a, a social media marketing company and I can hire a paid ads company. Right. And all the, like, they're just agents. Like it's just like a group of agents that basically work in this way that run my entire marketing department, like based off of these defined goals that they're trying to accomplish. And so Anyways, just brain brainstorming random stuff, but there's a there's
0: a back to the agencies. There's got to be a great opportunity for someone to totally. form an agency around that because I've I've chatted with a bunch of SEO agencies about working together, and there's kind of like we do, but we don't use AI. They all say they there. are, and then they all are, is what well, I'm. Well, they saying. they kind <laughs> of are. They say they are, but I I just want an agency which is like we use AI, and therefore it's like. 10 times more or this much cheaper yep and and that's why it's awesome yeah uh, i yeah there's it's definitely like, what sco- I'm sure. doing.
1: like they're in in
0: you know yeah, yeah, yeah. they're you know
1: publicly saying hey we're powered by ai and like that's why we can give you 30k worth of service for three grand you know because like all the comp. existing
0: agencies they're they're too um yeah they've got too much to lose yep so they're ripe to be yep let well, the can can cannibalize be disrupted themselves right you. like yeah, it's like right. if you know one no one wants to do that totally if
1: you were charging a hundred dollars per article and now you can get them out the door for seven cents like like of course you're not gonna <laughs> just, you know, just
0: pretend it's yeah. not there until it's too late <laughs> just like
1: you're no evil see no evil like the whole thing so i mean but that's the reason they're going out of business but i think that for like people that are trying to start i mean we we're talking about this a little bit earlier like how would you start an agency now like I think those are the things that are huge opportunities. Like pick a niche, like even clip production for like fire. You know, people that are doing YouTube videos or fireside chats or yeah. podcasts, right? And all you do is just like you know, unlimited clip production for them, and it doesn't even have to do like be animation. Like it can just be like we find viral clips and pull them out for you. But I mean, that that can be entirely AI powered at this point, and and you. Can I, build... I, I
0: I wonder if the 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 part of the the value of doing it wrapped in an agency, that's not obvious, is the trust and the brand of the agency. Because most people that hire an agency, it's not just to get the task done. It's that they don't know how to do it. Like, they don't even know, like, you know, if you, if you go out and you know nothing about video, you hire a video yeah. oh, agency, it's because you actually have no idea what is a good video and what is a bad video, totally. right? You, you, you don't, not even at that level. So you've got to trust someone else. And so even with these powerful tools that'll do it for you, you, if you don't know how that world works, whether it's marketing or making clips, um, the tools that do it, the AI that does it magically actually might feel too kind of like, like yep. d- t- scary it's like yep. this machine that'll do it for you but how do i like that yeah. that's t- terrifying yeah they so actually having just a it's also an, an agency a brand to, in yeah in like front the, of that right who, yeah. who can judge it and yeah. control the machine and make sure yep. the output's good you, i think that that's the that's the margin for the yep. agency because that's all an agency does it's just a, it's just a salary arbitrage right with people right now it's totally. like people want People want reliable jobs, yep. an agency will pay you a salary, and then the agency takes the risks <laughs> of the work coming in and, and takes the margin. And it's kind of wild how big the margin can, can be. Totally. And So now with AI doing a bunch of the work, there's going to be an even bigger margin there and or a lot of competition if you can lower the price yeah. by using AI and, and compete against the legacy agencies.
1: I totally agree. I totally agree. I think it's just like, it's sh- it's changed kind of that whole model. And I mean, it, again, it, it's, I feel like it's with every kind of big technology change, there's opportunities that come up. Like what you're talking about with Cloudflare, like, you know, all of this LLM stuff is the same thing. Like mobile was one of them as well. I mean, everybody's hmm. saying the exact same. <laughs> like there's <this> no <laughs> revelation that I'm, I'm talking about, but, but I think it's just The thing
0: that like- has slightly surprised me in um, AI is I only have recently appreciated how much of a consumer driven phenomenon it is okay i you know my head's really always been in b2b and having now been in the b2b world a bit with with ai kind of realized actually um you know that there is so much talk about how businesses need to use it and, and everyone in a business will say, yes, we're working out how to use it or researching. But actually, there is many, many reasons why they can't use it right now, whether it's at the level of their employees being out having authorization to use it or even yes. just using AI in any part in their product. And so all of this usage is is really consumer driven and all of hmm. the successes, whether it's ChatGPT, or you know, the surprising success is like character AI, right? I was just about like, to say this. I, I
1: okay, their subreddit has like seven hundred thousand subs, and like it was on page one of Reddit yesterday because it went down. I, right? I'm old.
0: I, I I don't understand.
1: It's crazy. You know what I think it is? Okay, so I think it's I think it's the people that like are obsessed with fandoms, and they go hmm. there and they get the chat with their favorite characters. So it's like oh you're obsessed with xyz fandom like wheel of time or something whatever right and it's like you want to go chat with like your favorite character from that from that series that's what i think is driving like personally that's what yeah. i think is driving yeah. this um because it's like i mean people are obsessed right like it's like to a, I, I had i had no idea that it was like but it, it kind of makes sense though it's like oh i, I admire you know whatever like i want to talk to hermione and like I read fanfic about Hermione and you know, or whatever. And like this is this way that I get to interact with this character in a whole new way. And I feel like that's like this reason, but I, I don't know. I, I I'm curious to see if it, it, it comes into um my friend's working on this company actually right now. It's for it's like for HR she just raised and but basically it's like we create like a HR agent. <laughs> That like you can interact with and have conversations with to help you like navigate situations that are happening, like within Mm -hmm. the organization. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it's almost like this like counselor within the org, right? And I was like, that's crazy. Like imagine that for every department, like, you know, the customer service people, like they have a, you know, they have somebody they can interact or a character they can interact with. Um, that's like the, you know, the North star goal of like what you're trying to basically portray like externally. So it's almost like a coach that, that exists like within the organization. So anyways, I I think it'll be interesting to see how that kind of gets adopted, you know, within these companies, but that I've been shocked by character AI. I, I'm glad you brought it up, honestly. <laughs> like,
0: so that's, adoption. that's the, that's the, yeah, the growth, the beachhead and the businesses are so far behind I just kind of had to remind myself that yeah. the other day I was like, "Man, okay, like the, we haven't really even started the the business rollout yeah. of this stuff yet." And and the open source models and and platforms like Cloudflare now, Workers AI, which makes it easy to to run the open source models. That'll hopefully remove a bunch of kind of barriers that businesses have against using the the, um, the hosted centralized AIs. Yep. Um. But yeah, there, there is so much to happen. So there, there's there's I'm excited about that. There's gonna be a lot of exciting B2B companies that that are being built and will be built. And you know, once as businesses get more comfortable buying AI stuff, whether it's via an agency or yeah. directly, um SaaS with that's built, you know, in front of the models, um, there's there's actually a lot to happen there. We're like coming off that top of the hype cycle into like, okay, now we've got to actually deploy this stuff and you know if it's agents you know there's a, there's a hell of a lot of work just turning that into a reliable thing but once totally you, once you get all those details right and all the edge cases and get it working it's going to be hugely valuable i
1: totally agree um I, so question for you i was just thinking about this with the um uh this like the the chatbot that's trained off of the website um i'm thinking about this like in relationship to knowledge base like okay so have you, have you seen Intercom's Fin? Like they just launched this. I, like, don't I want to say it's too, like, so crisp, like chat, which a ton of these indie devs use, like doesn't have a version that's as competent. Like they have something that's similar, but it's just like <clears throat> quality is not what I, I, I think it, like in comparison to what Intercom has put out. Like, I'm just imagining like, you could just t- go to built with, you find every, you know, company that like is using crisp on their website. And then cold email them, right? Or like even just cold message them of like, hey, you can like add a chat bot like in minutes, like and it's you know you just basically like, I think they have an uh, like an application like an app store that you could basically like deploy through. So anyway, just a random thought for you on that, but it, I I think something like that. I like, like
0: that idea. I'm slightly because I have emailed with Crispin. yeah, that this is the this is the challenge with this a lot of this stuff right now is how much is it going to be a feature in an existing product? Yeah, totally. Where the existing distribution you have and customer relationships you have yep. is your advantage versus how much is going to be in a, new, in a, in a completely new area. And, and I guess like coming back to the character AI thing, like that, that's a kind of, I mean, it's a consumer product. It's a very standalone, ex- unique experience that no one's doing. And this HR th- example is maybe a great example where it's like, it might be too risky for existing HR companies to offer something like that. Yep, it it seems a bit too scary for them totally. to do that because what, what if it's wrong? Or it, it, Whereas as a startup, maybe that's, that's kind of one of your angles is you can, you've, you've got less to lose, right? So you can yep. do stuff that others. So I've seen that in, in the chatbot world. Um, yeah, is it a feature? Is it a new product? Um, I wonder TV, if I get TV, Augment
1: like e-commerce search too because mm. like e- well like this is in- i,
0: I want to get into i want to niche down so i've been chatting with uh customers in in the various kind of segments we've got um yeah. and trying to work out yeah l- let's just focus i think i i, I want to focus on one industry yeah and then build out additional features for that industry so yeah. if it's like uh, travel Let's have features where actually the, the chat bot can access the search system and the booking system and just like guide you through the whole thing. And that would be yep. specific to travel. E-commerce is exactly the same. Although in the case, Shopify has got some cool stuff Yeah, Shopping, out.
1: I, I feel like they're going to deploy like a, their own version of it at some point. But like, there's
0: other little worlds, you know, industries, yep. corners of industry where there is not a Shopify 100%. out there. And their websites in WordPress and other random stuff called together, and actually uh we can build something that integrates all that and works for their industry also for the case of the cold emailing too, you know the the cold emailing works really well when you've got a specific solution to a specific totally. industry, and you know their problems otherwise totally. I mean you see it's the same in agencies, right? How yep. many of us get a thing, hey. We're an agency that does everything. Like yeah. that cold email is never replied
1: to. No, hundred percent. But if you it like solve this specific problem, it's like that's when you actually get that feedback. And we like can, it.
0: yeah. And and like like in the early days in in, uh, in MediaCore, it's uh, and we've done it for these customers that you probably know. Yeah. And then they get that feeling, hey, hey, if they're doing it, we need yep. to we need to keep up and and do it too. No, that makes total sense.
1: Man, this is great. Thank you. I got my gears turning just thinking about a ton of this. So, um, where uh, where can people find you if they want to ask you questions? And then uh, any any final like <laughs> thoughts, like I'm just like here's the tact, like here's tactical things that I'm seeing work right now, or like I'm excited about on the marketing and distribution side that you'd want to pass on.
0: People can find me uh, DC Tana, Twitter, cool, and Tana.me. Um, I think I probably got an email address on there as well. Um god final final thoughts I I just the general feeling I I really think I'm noticing now as I build things is like building cu- building products for customers that you really want to serve and you enjoy working with yeah I think it's... that is that is so important it just that's what being able to build stuff and enjoy that experience and then having built stuff for customers where it's been like uh, uphill or like they're, they're in like super stressful industries. i yeah. just realized like actually choosing the customer first is the important thing. That's why I like no, dev tools. Devs are the best customers. Um <laughs> Marketing distribution, man, just, it is, you're just in the pit, isn't it? Because the the stuff you do that works for one product doesn't work for the next for product. Yep. And so you just got to try it all again. Yep. And I definitely feel like, um, the places where I find something like that, that gets me kind of, uh, uh, some cheaper, cheaper channel attraction is like finding the weirdest stuff that's going on. And then just taking that little bit further yeah. that someone's not talking about. You, you pointed out, um uploading customer lists as targeted audiences it's like not everyone will 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 talk about that stuff but yeah being able to get a massive email list of your target customer and upload that as a custom audience targeted audience in meta or twitter
1: and it won't uh, match it won't match all of them right like i I, no, but suddenly you're pissing money into the
0: wind in a ran to a random people you're like okay well at least i'm spending money on people who yep. at some point are probably going to become a customer totally um so totally. i love stuff like that being able to like actually um that's how we tar- initially like, did constrain well. down i just scraped like a right. ton
1: of podcast emails and then we just did a customer match list because like there was no way to target them and we couldn't figure out right. like the other distribution and it's messy right <laughs> it's, it's super like messy.
0: scraping <laughs> and, like cleaning up data and then uploading places yeah. and like it, it, i i yeah, that, that's I, I, when, when you're like
1: talking about like a promptable like scraping application. Like the the marketer in me is like, here is a hundred dollars a month. I will pay you oh, right now. I've got like, so
0: many cases I want to use it in as well. Like, yeah, uh, just being able to say, hey, yeah, go here, take out all the records, and then press next page until you're done. Yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to being able to, to get that working in the in the new product.
1: Totally, because there's versions of it, but it's garbage, right? Like I've used I've like Web Pilot for this as an example. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it just like is not consistent, like and it like also doesn't want to do what you want because it like doesn't yeah, yeah. really want to I, scrape. I think that there's
0: there's a few new stuff like functions and stuff in GPT which make it possible now. Yeah,
1: to do it way more effectively. So.
0: Yeah, and and reliably. Yeah, cool. So that's what I'm that's what I'm working on. Love to hear about any any uh, people who are yeah dealing with hairy web scraping problems. But um, I think that's that's a great that's a great thing to end on, which is. Uh, if if the marketing you, you're doing feels messy, you're, you're in the right place. Right, place. Totally, right agree. totally agree. Totally agree. All cool the question. easy clean channels—they're all diluted. You got to be in the 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 messy place. <laughs> There's the clip right there. So,
1: <laughs> well, awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Yeah, likewise. Um, That's I been fun, yeah. Cody. We'll have you on in like six months to learn more about like kind of what you found with all this new tech that you're building and stuff. I yeah, I can't mm-hmm. wait. So.
0: More learning about what I what I don't know.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Than of what I've learned. Awesome. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Cheers.